So I'm here today with Ryan Wanger. He's a senior software engineer at MapQuest. He is an organizer of Ignite Boulder and Boulder Startup Week. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're in his arcade slash basement right now, so I don't know how the acoustics are, but uh, hopefully it's not too echoey. Uh, we'll come back to talking about gaming because I know you love gaming, but um, I'm going to make things awkward right off the bat. All right. Ryan's my hero. I, I uh, had a great experience coming out here for Boulder Startup Week and stayed with him and um, it was kind of a life changer. Um, I was in the middle of grad school at the time. I begged to get out of jury duty and waited two weeks after submitting my essay and finally got a phone call uh, from Ryan. Um, I didn't get any confirmation when I submitted my essay. I still give him crap for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's an email. <laughs> you need to go somewhere. Well, but it was a big deal. I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know what to expect coming out to Boulder. Um, I actually was afraid there were going to be a lot of drugs just because uh, huh. Boulder, yeah, I don't know, it has this connotation, you know, uh, pot in Colorado or whatever. Um, Should that be part of our slogan? Uh, <laughs> Boulder started being not as many drugs as you think. Well, I, I don't know. It's good to have that expectation because um, I stayed here. You remember I stayed here with Rob, mm -hmm. Rob Lund, and he was just the soberest guy. And you are, you know, you don't drink. You don't even take Tylenol. Um, and so it was uh, really impressive. And um, so I don't know. I wanted to thank Ryan and thank all the organizers. If you get, if any of you are listening out there, because it's, uh, it was a great experience. But, um, well, I, well, thank you. It's so, it's super rewarding to, um, to get, to, you know, fly people out here for free and then, and have them love it and stay. And because a lot of people in the, you know, in the startup scene did that at some point, you know, they, they're now from here, like they came out here and loved it and, and it's a great thing to pass along. So how did you end up in Boulder? I have it a little mixed up in my head, but there was, there's Wisconsin, there's New York and Boston and LA. What was the Do you whole want the whole thing? Well, I don't know, just I the, the quick. Well, I was living in um, I was living in Boston. Uh, a lot of people. I went to school in upstate New York, and a lot of people from my college end up in Boston, and uh, and that's where I met my future wife Janet, and we got married, and she wanted to go to grad school to business school, and so we used that as an excuse just to move someplace with mountains and sun and. We like Boston, but neither of us are from there, and, you know, the weather's crappy, and it's, you know, we're, we're outdoorsy, mountainy people, and so, um, so we were looking at Colorado and California primarily, just because that's where schools were for her, and, um, it just ended up being Boulder, it was, like, the best choice for her for school. Yeah. So. Um, I have to say, I admire your relationship with Janet. It's, I don't know, it seems like you guys both, uh like trust each other and are good to each other. And I remember being at the, we went grocery shopping that one time and she was out of town and you were buying flowers for her. And anytime I ask about her, you're like, Oh, she's the best. And, uh, so that's cool to see. It's kind of nice to, to, to see that. Um, thanks. Let's see. So you've done a lot of different things. I didn't even realize this till I looked at your LinkedIn the other day, but you were a realtor <laughs> for a year and you, did you work at a climbing gym? Uh, yeah. So I, I could, I could probably rattle it off really quickly. Um, I, after graduation, I moved to the Bay Area, and I worked as a video game tester for Namco, so making like $11 an hour playing video games. Right. And it was nine to nine, seven days a week. Um, really? Seven yeah. days a week? It was nuts. And I would always, like, get off of Sundays. Like, I would 
you didn't really have to be there, but you'd have to tell someone that you weren't going to be there. You're like, oh, I got to do this thing. And, and so I just never worked on Sundays, but you got double, you got like time and a half and double time. And so those last couple, you know, hours and days of the week were really, you know, more yeah. valuable. Um, and then some of those guys would go home and play video games after that. I can't, I couldn't believe it. But, um, and then I, uh, ended up moving to Montana, um, for a girl I was dating and delivered pizzas for Domino's. And then I moved to <laughs> Los Angeles and went to a video game design school and ended up um, testing cell phone games for a little while, which was the worst ever uh, for Bandai. Yep. And just like pressing the button over and over again on a bunch of different phones. And then I moved to Boston um, and I was a worked, I was a programmer working in an HR company for like two years. And then I decided that I wanted to work somewhere where, you know, the harder I worked, like the more money I would make, something like that. And, uh, cause the people at this HR company, they didn't, they weren't, most of them were not passionate about their jobs. Just like me and the other programmer guy, we were really into it and we built all this cool stuff and then people just wouldn't use it or, you know, just didn't care. They're phoning it in. So then I was a realtor for like a year and it was, it was fine. Um, Do you still have your real estate license? Um, I don't even know. I mean, you have, it's state by state. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'd have to renew it. Or I something. think, yeah, yeah you, I could probably go back and renew it in Massachusetts, but I don't know that that would help me huh. here necessarily. Um, so it, it was an okay job. I, uh, you think that it's kind of like a flexible schedule, which is sort of true because you kind of sit around doing nothing a lot of the time, but mm -hmm. then people want to see, like after work, everybody wants to go see stuff on the weekends you kind of have, like, an everything but 9 to 5 schedule Ooh. in a lot of ways. Yes. And, like, and you just, I didn't even like it when my phone rang because it was never somebody calling to be like, the deal's done. It was just, you know, it was a problem or somebody wanted to go see something immediately or, so, I don't know, it just, it wasn't for me and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a very good sales guy. Okay, what, <laughs> maybe we'll come back to that, but. Uh, no, sales, come on. <laughs> All right, anyway. Well, how did you meet Nate and Natty? Um, so I met Nate and Eddie at a, um, there was some kind of tech, uh, event where people were pitching business ideas and there was a panel and the judges were making, you know, getting feedback on it. And I honestly don't remember what, like what the affiliation was. This was 2008. It was like maybe September of 2008. Um, and, uh, Janet came also and her and I sat in different places cause there were, we came at different times and there were no seats left. And so after the after it was over, uh, she was talking to Natty, who was sitting right next to her, and, you know, they were giving their whole pitch, and she's like, oh, you should meet my husband, he's, like, really into travel and programming, and so, yeah, yeah, so that's how we met. Wow, uh, so Janet actually kind of made that connection for she you. She did, totally. Um, uh, I remember going to visit you at 1215 Spruce, you know, uh, used to love going into that office. You'd always have Puerto Rico up on the table and there were three or four guys in there all. Uh, the coolest thing was that Nate and Natty actually would hack. You know, they'd actually be uh, doing development. And um, I don't know. I'm curious about lessons learned from your point of view. I'll say that it seems as if you really stayed small for a long time and um, I, instead of just overhiring and, mm -hmm. and killing yourself. But uh, what do you think? How did it work out? Yeah, lessons learned um, is a little tough. I mean, in the end, uh, we 
were acquired by MapQuest. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell if is that because of, like, hard work and diligence or was there, you know, like, or how much luck was involved. Um, and there, there was probably a lot of both. Um, I think if, I think probably for all three of us, if we were to do something else together or on our own, um, it would be something that required less scale. So Everlater from the beginning just sort of like, it meant that everyone had to be using it kind of, um, for it to be successful. And, um, and we also sort of had a hard time. You had to catch, it's not something that you can use all the time. It's just when you're going on a trip. So you had to catch somebody right before they went on a trip like into your site to use it. Once the trip was started, it was probably too late. Yeah. And if they're going on a trip six months from now, it's probably too early. Yeah. I saw Nate and Natty speak at Techstars, so I got some of the mentions, some of that stuff. Okay. But it seemed like, I don't know, as a dev, I mean, from your point, because you weren't there and you didn't get a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, was it easier just because you were, you kind of had ownership over most of it, so it wasn't as complicated? What do you mean? I don't know. You know, when you're in a big team and Things get a little bit muddled. Uh, it was simple, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I now I work at MapQuest, which is 150-ish people, and so it's it's a very different experience to have, you know, two or three developers. And um, my I, my favorite time is at Everlayer. In retrospect, mm-hmm. <laughs> was uh, was when I was doing support, and so I could like read support emails. Somebody says there's a problem fix it, and five minutes later, email them back, and, you know, tell them to check it out. And yeah. That would just blow people's minds, and a lot of, in a lot of ways, I felt like it was, people loved us more because the site was broken, and they told us about it, and we got right back to them, and, oh, yeah. and it was fixed, than if it was just working all along, and so I think, <laughs> uh, I think we, no, it's true, I so think we, we started breaking things. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we gained like a lot, like, I mean, sort of one at a time almost in some ways, just like a lot of really passionate people and, um, and people started thinking that, that Ryan was just like the, the name that we used for all tech support. It was like the persona that we gave to everyone and it, no, it was just like me answering emails <laughs> and, uh, and we did chat support for a little while, like live chat support and, um, that was always really fun too. It's just, it's like. You know, at a, at a bigger company now, I there's a lot of people between me and, of course. and the users. Yeah, I don't care for that either. I like it when it's small. And so it's tough to it's tough to know if people like your stuff, but we, we knew at Everlayer all the time. Like, we knew, you know, when something new came out, whether people liked it or not. Um, we tried a lot of different things. We had, like, a get satisfaction thing where people were, you know, submitting stuff and voting things up or down. Yep. Um, we did a lot of... Uh, user testing, you know, just, like, with, with friends and stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, so that was 2008, I guess, when it started. Uh, we could go back through 2009, 2010, some of the time before I knew you. Um, you can choose between some of these topics, too, but you had the failed food blog, which is kind of interesting. I'm trying to do the high-fat diet right now. I don't know if you have any insight on that. Uh, I don't, except if you were at the uh, most recent Ignite. Yeah, well, that kind of was, that was compelling. Yeah. And my roommate does it, and, and so, you know, I'm not... Uh, crazy about it, but it makes sense. Yeah, this is a guy who's eating only meat, uh, and his he's been doing it for four and a half years. And his wife, he's, he's did it because his wife had cancer, and that's there's perhaps starting to be some evidence that that is a is a good way to fight cancer. Um, Sounds like you're not totally against it. Um, you just cut so carbs, right? I 
I'm, I'm willing to believe that it works, totally. Um, I, I mean, it makes me a little sad. The environmental impact of uh, everyone yeah, totally. eating meat all, all the time is totally not sustainable yeah. from a moral perspective. And I, we should probably already... I mean, we're, we're already eating way more meat than the rest of the world. And, I hear that. Um, so that's too bad. But on the other hand, like, if it's going to save you from cancer, then... It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Uh, you've talked about being a Luddite or a Luddite? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's pretty strange for someone who's surrounded by video games right. and goes to work every day to write software. I think these days this could be considered, you know, sort of anti-technology. Um, well, maybe. Frogger? But, but I, well, <laughs> well it's, um, it's, it's, uh, so, you know, now everybody can have the sum of all human knowledge in their pocket but pretty much everyone does. And um, so you can just sort of get anything anytime you want on demand. And, and I don't think that's going to be good for us as humans. Wow. Um, and I, I don't know that this makes me any better, but I, I there's something like I, I wanted to... I got I started buying arcade games because I found out that they were, they were cheaper than I thought and you could buy them broken and learn how to fix them and... I wanted to do something sort of more, I don't know, more physical and... Like, Tactile. Yeah, exactly. It involves hardware and um, it's, you know, I guess it's different than like showing someone a web page you built versus like having them stand at this machine and play a game against you that you, that wasn't working and you fixed it up and, and they're having a time. It's, yeah, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's a subtle difference. So, yeah, and so I'm now... You know, my reputation precedes me now about still having a flip phone. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's very intentional, and it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm on the Internet at work all day, and I, I believe, you know, it's totally convenient. I mean, it's probably the most convenient, offers the most conveniences of anything ever. Um, but I don't think that makes, I don't think it would make me happier. You know, I, I think I tweeted this recently, which is probably ironic, but, like, if I could, if somebody gave me back all the time I spent right. on the internet, I, there's no way I would spend it the same way, you know? Um, it's really easy to just get lost and, you know, and then wonder, like, what did I just do for the last hour or two hours or three hours? Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and maybe in some ways that was already happening with TV and people, and so maybe the internet is perhaps more noble because it's a little less, um, it's more active, um, and TV's pretty passive. Um, but still, it's, you know, I, I think that the people who really succeed in the next, whatever, 10, 20 years are going to be the people who are, like, have the self-discipline to, to, to get stuff done and not, you know, and not screw around and, um, uh, uh, and not be, like, not be consumers of, media. Yeah, I there's I, I read uh, the guys who make Blog Love and one of those guys tweeted uh, the other day that he likes to, or he, he had an interview where he was saying he likes to wake up and be in that producer mindset instead of that consumer mindset and I've been going with that more lately too. Just think about what you're building instead of uh, looking at Instagram or Twitter um, at least for the first part of the day. Helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been a little obsessed lately with we, I talked about 2009-2010 it's weird, right? But um, you spoke at so many events in that period of time. And I wonder, I mean, I would like to speak at more events, 
it's funny for you because you're always, oh, you know, I'm so inner introverted. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be a good salesperson. And then you'll get up on stage and talk about, uh, everything. And, and, and you're, you're, you're Mr. Personality up there, you know, the crowd favorite. And how do you come up with this stuff? I don't know where you get these ideas. The ideas that I have are not crowd pleasers. They're boring, you know, ideas that aren't, you come up with like my mom's on Facebook and all these things. And, and how did all that, like, what was going on then? So, well, you're just talking about Ignite, right? Well, yeah, but you spoke it. I mean, if you yeah. Google there, there I, was a series of events there. I think I spoke, I think I spoke in a six Boulder Ignites. Counting Woodard. Oh, <laughs> maybe that makes seven. And then, and actually twice in, uh, Fort Collins. Right. And, um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, the first Ignite, it, um, I don't know. It just seemed like this cool thing. Like, Hey, I want to go to that. It was way and, smaller. Yeah. It was pretty small. It was at the, um, Atlas building on campus and maybe seats like 150 in this room. Um, and I don't really know what compelled me to speak. I think so at the time I was writing this food blog. Yeah. When I moved to Boulder, there had been a sort of a couple people in a row that had praised my writing. And I, I don't really remember why. I think I was writing a blog before that and, and, um, like about happiness. And, and so I thought like maybe I should, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got here. So maybe I should do some writing. I, I took like joined a writing group and I took some writing classes and, um, so I was writing this food blog, and so um, I'd read some Michael Pollan books, and I was just sort of like concerned about the, you know, what what's happening with our food, and um, not realizing that you know Boulder is a great place to be into food. Um, so so this first talk was just about it was like taking food headlines from different uh, decades and comparing them to similar ones from today, uh, just to hopefully kind of show like how silly things have become. You know, they were the average American is consuming like 160 pounds of sugar a year or Oof. whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so I, I, that was one of them in the, you know, the, my mom's on Facebook. It just was actually all from, it all came out of this thing where Janet and I <laughs> went to make me babies.com. I don't know how this happened and you can yeah, like, yeah, up, I saw your, upload I your photos. Yeah. And so it merges. And so then like what happened when I posted, I changed my profile to that. It, I don't know. That just like, kind of gave me the idea for that talk. And, uh, I don't really know. I'm not sure why I like doing ignites even. And I, th I think it's actually the, the, well, I, you know, I really like the event. It's certainly a way to contribute to making the event better is, you know, like to go up there and give a great speech. And, um, I like, I really like the challenge of, of coming up with a, a presentation. There's like very, you know, strict, constraints for it and um which you know which in some ways makes it easier but and and it keeps you like focused and like so to to entertain and um uh you know I don't, like make people happy make them think about something right um, it's a delicate balance yeah and and that and it's really like yeah that's another thing that's like really rewarding to uh to do successfully and um, and I, and I have to, you know, you said I'm like Mr. Personality, but I, there's some, <laughs> there's some people who taking I, shots. I would, I would disagree a little bit. This last one, there were a lot of people who had very interesting, like, uh, delivery of their, you know, of their topics and, um, just in like how they spoke and how they moved. And, uh, and there's some people, I'm sure everybody knows, you know, everybody knows people who can just get up and talk and like tell these stories and sort of like 
be the life of the party on the fly, and uh, I have to, I have to, you know, figure out what I'm going to say and practice it a lot. And um, I, I practice like, um, you know, on a timer. So if I miss, I just keep going, and I figure out different ways to say it. So I have like a fallback if I miss. You know, have like a backup way of saying something well, if you I com- don't get it completely quite right. engineer it, huh? Um, it's not totally the right way to say it. It's just. I, I practice like like I'm on stage. So if I stumble, I just have to keep going. And, right. Um, and I sometimes will, you know, in my notes, like phrase things a very particular way so that I can say it in as few words as possible. And uh, but I'm not. I'm terrible at just going up and, and making up stuff. I I think like sometimes I think like Nate and Natty are pretty good at that. Like they're good at just standing up and and uh, talking without having to rehearse too much, but. Uh, but that's not me. So. Well, I hear that. Yeah. You at Ignite Woodard, you, I think that's where you talked about um, following the framework and letting the framework make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you came up with, or is that something that you inherited from somebody else? Or um, I don't, I don't know how that came out. It's not. I don't think it's something that I picked up from anywhere. I think it's something I've been doing without realizing it, maybe, or or maybe I was kind of doing it intentionally, but it didn't occur to me how many different places. Um, I was doing it, and so what Sean's talking about is just, I'm sort of, I'm a lot better with things to, to sort of have, like, black and white rules about things. Right. Like, a really simple example is uh, just locking my car every time I get out of my car, even though I know there's no chance that something's going to get stolen. Like, there'll be situations throughout life where, like, I should definitely lock the car because of, you know, to, because of where I am. But if I just have this rule that's like always lock the car, then that sort of like frees up decision making for me. I don't have to like get out of the car every time, look around, assess like is this safe or not, right? Decide whether to lock. It's just like an easy thing, and then, um, and then it always happens. And I never have to. I never walk away from my car and wonder like, did I remember to lock it? So it just kind of naturally occurred to you over time. Yeah, yeah I think so. There, there was like a famous, famous for me. I had a there was like a coworker that in Boston of mine who, um, she was trying to like be better about food and was trying to cut out soda. And so I made it like a challenge, like, you know, she can't have soda for a month and I won't have dessert for a month. And, um, and I had previously been trying to just like cut back on dessert because I felt like it was something I needed after a meal. You know, like I wasn't satisfied until I need, you know, I would need something, need something sweet. Terrible habit. And so, um, uh, so so, and it was like a breeze because it was this competition and I, I, you know, I didn't want her to be able to drink soda and I didn't want to lose. And, uh, and my birthday happened in the middle of this. And so Janet bought a birthday cake and served it to all of my friends and gave me a pomegranate. And, um, <laughs> and that's just how it was. <laughs> wow. Um, so we can go back to gaming. I, I guess, uh, you know, um, I don't know how to present this to any audience that's out there, but. Ryan's incredible at any game, period. Uh, he'll, he'll be, you know, whether it's video games, <clears throat> he's into sports and ga- gambling. I mean, frankly, he enjoys that. Uh, poker, board games, uh, pinball. He just live-tweeted his experience at the Pinball Classic, so I'll refer you to his Twitter stream for that. Um, it begs the question for me, is there something uh, inherent in you that makes you a better gamer than other people is it is it something that cuts across between different games so if you if you hone your skill playing tron uh does that make you better at 
um, pinball. Or, uh, I mean, we went out and played disc golf, and you, I played disc golf frequently, and you were way better than me, just much better. You were minus a lot. And, and um, so is it, is it uh, being competitive? Is it being focused, uh, practice? What's your secret? Do you think... You... That's a good question. I wonder about being competitive because I do... You know, I want to win and I play to win, but I'm not... Um, you know, some people are, like, aggressively competitive and and loud about it and they're, like, very vocal if they lose and um, that's not exactly me. I think in some ways I'm, like, I'm competing with myself. You know, like, I'm just trying to get better or whatever it is. And so if my opponent is way better than me, then I, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to lose, but, you know, my, my goal is to sort of do better than I did before. Um, I think, I think, you know, there is crossover with, um, with video games, you know, some of it is just sort of, you know, there's definitely a hand-eye coordination involved. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of overlap between games and, and programming, um, because both of them is like, it's just a world where you can only do certain things. That, and well, that's where your whole framework makes rule. the decision. It's like it's not independent from all this. It's closely related, and so it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And and I think I played a lot of video games when I was growing up, and then I kind of stopped in my twenties, and it somewhat got replaced by board games um, because they're more social. And you know, sometimes if you're too into video games, it's a little bit of like a it's the way I feel about, um, where I'm, like, careful about TV, where I just, like, I don't want to become yeah. somebody who sits in front of the TV for several hours and I do a thing, and, and that's, I think that's easy to do with, with an Xbox or whatever. But so, we could go out and play some game tomorrow that neither of us have played, and you would crush me. Yeah, I, I suppose there's... <laughs> <laughs> what, what's with that? I mean, there, you know, there's also a lot of experience. Like, I grew up playing games with my family. We, we played a lot of played board games but this well we played like hearts and spades and um scrabble and boggle and that kind of stuff um and it's interesting i remember you know i played a little bit of chess back then and then didn't play for years and played board games really seriously and then when i came back to chess i had, like new things were occurring to me that i you know i hadn't thought about chess in years five or ten years and then suddenly like, i was seeing new things and thinking about the game differently from my experience with these other board games that are not like chess at all, yeah. but but a lot of sort of you know, like planning ahead and and basing what you're doing on what your opponent's doing, and uh, those are just common threads amongst all games. That's yeah, that, that's probably true. But um, but I, I don't know. That was a cool experience for me. It's like I felt like I had learned something about chess, even though I hadn't been playing. That's really uh, kind of profound. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so Boulder, that's what this is all about. Um, you can take any angle on this you want. I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in Boulder over the last couple of years. Some people have told me um, it'd be interesting to talk in interviews about like your least favorite thing. Mm. Um, but what I'm really curious about, which you know, is just people that you look up to around here and things that you're excited about. And if you if you can't think of anything, I mean, I apologize. But no, I'm no. sure there are some people that you think are exciting and interesting. Yeah, you know, it's too... I didn't think it would be quite like this, but since I've been working for MadQuest, which is in Denver, I've just, it's been a year and a half, and I feel like I'm, I don't know what's going on here as much anymore. <laughs> I, and that's Out really silly, that's silly to say, and I'm like, it's a little disappointing. Um, but, 
and maybe that's something to be said for, you know, working in Boulder and being downtown. Like, there's an event right next door. You go to that event. And oh, yeah. Versus, like, yeah, I got to take the bus home for an hour, and then I got to, you know, do something with my bag, and do I really want to go? You know. Well, you know what? If there's an event going down, going on downtown, you're at Pivotal playing pinball anyways, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Shh. Um, that may be true sometimes. <laughs> that was startup week. You know, I had to, I had to participate. Um, so, I, you know, we talked about Nate and Natty before, and I think that they're interesting to talk about because they um, were these finance people who didn't know how to code, and so they taught themselves how to code, and then they, you know, found some people to help, and then they got into Techstars and, and did this thing, and, and um, you know, it's not some, like, world-changing success, but um, in, during Boulder Startup Week, twice I ran into people who um, who accredited those two guys with the reason that they moved to Boulder. And so I think that's really cool. I, those guys, um, they're good at talking in front of people. They're just nice people to people, they're, even someone like me who, you know, there's no reason you have to be nice to me, but yeah. they are. <laughs> they're, they're the nicest guys ever, and um, they're, it's, they can talk very passionately about stuff. And they're not, they don't really care at all about self-promoting, but I think they did a good job during tech stars of like, of, of doing that anyway, like on, on behalf of tech stars and Boulder, like they just, they did that nicely and naturally and, right. and like talked about it and, and it, other people saw it and it was an inspiring story for them. And so it was genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think in some ways that's, that's like a, um, Something that's is... almost a better benefit to, to like the individual people out there, uh, than, than some company that like, you know, raises a bunch of money or makes a bunch of money and, and become, become some success. It's just, um, oh, I you know, it's like, the, it's, no the, it's the common, you know, it's the blue collar story of like, oh yeah, like I can, I can do this. And, uh, and it's, it's been really cool to see that, that people have responded to that and, and, um, you know, that's been the reason that there's a lot of people here. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Is there anything else you want to talk about, or is that a nice high point you want to wrap uh, it up? That was a good high point right there. Oh, this for the whole interview? Yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, well, we got. I gotta get ready with the uh, the Frogger music here. Oh, okay, we're doing a Frogger uh, theme song outro. Um, what else can I talk about? Okay, there's one other thing I'll mention because we, we didn't talk enough about pinball, but um, <laughs> oh shit, this is I'll just I'll, <laughs> no, I'll turn it into a lesson. Let's go pinball. Um, well, I'll just turn it into a lesson so that I knew about pinball my entire life and I played it a couple times. It's like Growing up, like, you play a game, you die right away, and you're like, oh, this game sucks. And then you move to the next game, and you like, play it a little bit, and you're like, oh, I'm not, this one isn't very good either. And and I was more into video games. And um, so then when I started getting these games, so many people told me, like, asked if I had any pinball machines, or said, they said they knew somebody who had pinball machines, and um, nobody knew anyone with arcade machines. It was always pinball. And so I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm missing something. And so I started learning a little bit more about it, and... Um, Long story short, something that I had ignored, known about, and ignored my entire life, like it suddenly became this total obsession for me, and um, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, it, it makes me excited about the future, like, oh, I'm gonna find other things like this in my life That's cool. that I'll be really into, and um, yeah, like, and and what else have I missed? Um, I, I've I've gotten kind of passionate about a, 
a lot of different things. Often it's for short period of times, but I can relate. It's uh, I don't know. That's it's really fun. Like you know, finding some new thing, learning all about it, and uh, you know, yeah. One day you're putting in quarters at press play, and then the next day you're like sweating. Uh, like as your eight-year-old opponent is, you know, <laughs> throwing the smackdown on Metallica in a tournament, and you're like, you know, hoping that no one is noticing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, moral of the story is, uh, you know, try new things, and uh, and it's and I I will be aware in the future, and I was not. There was probably a couple years in there. Um, in the, in the past, where I just didn't have something that I was really into, like that I was that passionate about, and uh, it's it's sort of like made a big difference in my life. Like it's it's you know something to think about, like something to be excited about when you're coming home from work, um, and and it it sort of I don't have those as many moments where I'm sort of like questioning things about my life, like you know what am I doing and what, what should I do next? And like, what, what does the future hold? And, um, just find, some, find something you like and just get into it. Right. Yeah. Some of that goes, a lot of that goes away. If you're, if you're really passionate about um, something. I like it. And for the Frogger outro music, here it is folks. <laughs> so uh, if you're still listening, you should be a contributor to Boulder people, people, uh, Think about it. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Thanks, Sean.